Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we dive into the world of curling with Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun. On the mixed doubles, trials getting canceled. How will they get a team to Beijing now? Who's going to go? Are we going to have a Scotties? What's going to happen? COVID's ruining everything. Let's talk about it on the podcast. One of the things that has happened in the time since I last hosted a show a week ago is the cancellation of the mixed doubles curling trials in Portage La Prairie. With the constantly shifting COVID news and increased restrictions and the spread of Omicron, Curling Canada had to pull the plug just a couple days before the tournament was slated to start. So what happens now for mixed doubles and what about curling as a whole in the age of Omicron? Well, here to discuss all this is Ted Wyman, sports editor at the Winnipeg Sun. Ted, thanks for joining us as always. In a perfect world, you'd be in Portage right now, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Christian. Uh, the plan was to head out there for day one of the event, which was uh, Tuesday, and stay the week and, and cover it like I would have covered any other big curling event, including the Olympic trials, and was really looking forward to it because I do enjoy the mixed doubles discipline. Was able to cover it at the Olympics in Pyeongchang in 2018 and really got into it. it you don't see as much of it. I don't see as much of it as, as the other kinds of curling, but I do enjoy it when, when I'm there. And I, and I like seeing um, the competition because it's pretty intense. Well, you haven't seen it because it just, there isn't that uh, availability of it, right? There's not as many tournaments for the mixed doubles game, right? It is growing. We saw it at the Olympics for the first time in 2018. John Morris is a huge fan of it, but maybe we need to see more mixed doubles tournaments going forward. Do you think? Oh, Absolutely. I don't know how logical that is unless you're going to really start having mixed doubles specialists um, out there. There are a couple uh, and there's a couple of teams that would have been in the Olympic trials in Portage that are specialists of mixed doubles, but it's not that many. And most of these teams are made up of players who also play four four player curling and that's where they make their money. And that's where they, uh, you know, they have their sponsorship. So, that you know, obviously, it's it's more important to most of these teams to play four-player curling, and the mixed doubles is a little bit of a secondary thing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't care about it. I think they do put a fair bit of time into it these days as well. And um, as we saw, John Morris and Caitlin Laws kind of came out of nowhere to win the gold medal in 2018. Well, there's a lot more mixed doubles uh, teams in the world now that are that are specialists about it and there's some concern that canada is going to lag behind in that area because we don't have a lot of specialists well we saw in the in the bubble this year carrie anderson and brad gushu win it they're just both really good curlers right as opposed to the team they beat in the final kadriana sahedek and colton lott they're more of a of a specialist duo right yeah absolutely and i mean i think a lot of people expect uh colton lott and kadriana to win some mixed doubles uh, national championships in their time because they do put a lot of time into it and they are an excellent team. Colton is, you know, one of the more sought after men's curlers out there and, and, and they've really worked hard at getting good at mixed doubles. And I do think that's the kind of team going forward that Canada is going to want to, you know, that maybe they should hope wins one of these things because if you can put some money behind them and allow them to go and, and tour go to events around the world where there are bigger mixed doubles tournaments and and really become specialists in a real kind of way, I think that's our best bet towards producing medal contenders at the national, uh, the world level and at the Olympic level. 
Speaking of the Olympics, we now need to figure out who's going to be Canada's representative at the Olympics for mixed doubles because in Canada we have tournaments to decide as opposed to uh, some other countries that are really just appointed. Now we're going to do something like that. Explain how the process now is going to work, Ted, with, with the trials being cancelled. Oh boy, uh, I don't if know can. if I can give you an exact answer <laughs> on that one, Christian, because I am not inside uh, Curling Canada, but my understanding is that Curling Canada, Own the Podium, and the Canadian Olympic Committee will work together to make this selection. It's not going to be an easy choice. There were 16 teams that were supposed to compete in the trials, and they didn't all, you know, obviously you're not going to, they all should be eligible as a, ch a chance to win this, you know. I mean, they, I, I don't know that there was any absolute clear-cut favorite going into that Olympic trials, and any one of them could have won. So it's going to be really hard, I think, to pick. Uh, a winner out of this there are some names that are pretty obvious but in all in all honesty the number one team in this country is Brett Gallant and Jocelyn Peterman they are the ones that are the, the have been the best over the last few years at mixed doubles and they were ranked right at the top but they weren't going to compete in the trials because they both are already going to the Olympics Jocelyn Peterman with Jennifer Jones and Brett Gallant with the Brad Yushu team and Curling Canada had originally said that they would not allow any mixed doubles teams or, or sort of any people who had already qualified for the Olympics on four-player teams to compete in the, in the mixed doubles because they didn't want that crossover. They didn't want their teams playing mixed doubles and then playing four-player curling. I'm not sure that that doesn't change now. I mean, I think there's a possibility of that because you've already got those players going. Uh, and And if you can have them compete for you, in the mixed doubles, it is possible. It's certainly going to be stressful if they compete right to the end and then have to turn around and play four-player curling. But it has been done before by Matt Hamilton of the United States in particular. And he won a gold medal in the men's curling. So um, it is possible. But I'm not sure that that's the team that they're going to go for or even consider because they weren't going to be in that field. So if you want to look at other teams, the most obvious one is John Morris and Rachel Homan. John Morris has the most experience. He's been to two Olympics before. He has a gold medal. And Rachel Homan has been to an Olympics as well and is one of the top women's curlers in the world. It makes a ton of sense, but they're ranked fifth amongst all the teams in terms of um, Canadian mixed doubles rankings. So are some of the other teams not going to be a little bit annoyed by that if, uh, if that choice is made? Well, I'm sure there are. And I talked to Carrie Anderson about this, and she said there's going to be a lot of hurt teams out there there's no question. Everyone is bracing for a decision, and it's definitely not going to be popular with everybody. Colin Hodgson raised an interesting point in the article you wrote about this on The Sun a few days ago, Ted, about how Canada should take this opportunity and learn from it, that we're having the trials just way too close to the Olympics, and that Curling Canada needs to have a, a much longer runway. And I think this topic was also brought up in 2018 when neither Canadian team meddled, that other countries have a lot longer preparation process to get ready for the Olympics and that maybe our process burns teams out the trials process too close to the Olympics what do you think of that yeah well the first person that I remember talking to this about was Colleen Jones and that was in 2018 in Pyeongchang like you said and she brought up the idea that the Olympic trials should be conducted in the previous April or May to the year in which they're the season in which they're going to go represent Canada and I thought that there was a bit of a movement going towards that for a while, but it seems like Curling Canada 
did not agree. They did they did put their trials, uh, the four player in Saskatoon and the mixed doubles in Portage, you know, fairly late in the year, late November for the one and, and late December, early January for the other. You're literally bringing that down to one month away from the uh, the start of the Olympics, essentially. And uh, but but I also have talked to you know, I Colin was one of those opinions who was pretty strong about it. And I think what he was really saying is that this exposes the the problem that they have in that they've left it to such a late hour that because there's been this cancellation, I mean, there's obviously not going to be pandemics every year, but because of the this cancellation, they've got no time to come up with any other solution. And obviously, if you had had it sooner, it would help in that area. You'd have a lot more opportunity. Like you said, you'd have runway to try to figure out something else out. And Brad Gushu talked about this at the Olympic trials in Saskatoon as well. And he said that he thought at the time it should be in May or April of the previous season because it gives a team who wins a longer time to prepare for being, for wearing the Maple Leaf, for being Team Canada at the Olympics, to train specifically for that and not you use the words burn yourself out. And I think that's true. You don't want to burn yourself out, but also just some more time to get used to everything that's that being Team Canada entails. And especially if you're a new team this year, that's not an issue. But if especially if you're you're new to it, you honestly need that time because there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of new coaches, not a lot of new representatives, a lot of new people um, wanting to handle your time. And I think it would make a ton of sense to go earlier. I don't know if, you know, if the issue is about marketing at this point or what, but I do think somewhere down the line, we will see a change like that. Let's talk the playdowns before I let you go, Ted, because the Scotty's open in less than a month in Thunder Bay. Is it going to happen? Are enough provinces going to be able to hold playdowns because of the way that Omicron's going right now? What's your gut tell you? My gut tells me most of them have been canceled already, Christian. Yeah. Uh, Northern Ontario was supposed to be in in Kenora. It's not happening. Um, I think PEI is out. Uh, I think New Brunswick is out. There's quite a few that have already said they will not conduct provincials. I I don't know how they're picking their teams, but I'm going to guess that, uh, you know, CTRS points would come into it. But I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do that. As for that Scotty's being played in Thunder Bay, that is impossible to say right now. Because as you know, um, it's it's very much in flux. Uh, you, there's, you can't have fans in Winnipeg. I don't think you can have fans in Thunder Bay right now. Uh, not more than maybe 250 people or whatever that is. Um, you know, and, and is it too late to try to organize a bubble? I think at best, Curling Canada can do a soft bubble like they did in uh, in Saskatoon which worked out quite well, but there wasn't a raging outbreak at the time. I mean, how quickly is Omicron going to die down? I have no idea. I have honestly no clue at all. And I don't know that anyone knows that right now. So uh, that's very much up in the air. I think they can figure out a way to have a championship, even if there aren't a lot of provincial championships. But can you have it anyways? Can you bring 16 teams? to Thunder Bay and and play a tournament and and pull it off. That I honestly don't know. I would say, I will say that Manitoba really caught a break by having their women's provincials before Christmas um and Mackenzie Zacharias winning that and uh, uh and knowing that she's in is so important because you know I doubt she would have been the team that would be selected 
if uh, they hadn't had that championship, it almost surely would have been Tracy Fleury. So, uh, you know, that's that's a really nice bonus for for uh, Mackenzie Zacharias's team and for the Manitoba curling situation. I don't know, maybe looking at the World Junior situation and how they didn't do a bubble and how it went from we're going to be okay to it's over in about five days. They Curling Canada has about a month to maybe try to figure out something here, whether it is in Thunder Bay or if they don't have the hotel space in Thunder Bay, if it's you know a quick move to a bigger uh, market or if they just go back to Calgary again and do wind sport again. I'm not sure, but they're, they're definitely, I think, going to have... Their work cut out for them and in work that they didn't think they'd have to end up doing probably a month ago because we didn't know what Omicron was a month ago. But here we are, pandemic again, ruling everything. Yeah, you better be ready for just about anything right now. And as you said, I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I have no idea if you can just switch to Calgary because who knows if Windsport is available. Yeah. Certainly those hotels that are nearby that were part of their bubble. I mean, who knows if those would be available. That's a big, big job to try to arrange that and to do it on the fly sounds extremely difficult. Um, and, you know, I, I don't envy anyone at Curling Canada right now for any of the decisions they have to make. But I do think that the one thing they have to do is to decide much sooner than they did for the Portage event, <laughs> whether yeah. they're going to have it or not. Because I'll tell you, the people in Portage we're devastated by this. I mean, it's it hurt hard. This was going to be a big thing for Portage's economy to have all these curlers and media and whatnot in their in their main hotel there, and hopefully using their restaurants and and their establishments, and also you know putting some fans into Stride for it Place in a, in a time when it's been so tough to do anything like that. And you know all of that is just off two days before it was supposed to start. That's very tough. And it's also devastating for the curlers themselves. Yeah, they were expecting it to an extent, but it's still really, really difficult to, you know, they were going through unbelievable amounts of stress just trying to not catch COVID just so that they could compete. You know, they're going through all this testing. And, you know, John Morris told me he heard from many of his colleagues that they were having sleepless nights. And there was even some relief when they found out that they weren't going to have to compete because it sounded so daunting. So I do think Curling Canada's number one task is to make a decision about this soon, you know, because it's not that far off for the uh, for the start of the Scotties. Absolutely, Ted. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this and uh, have yourself a happy new year. My pleasure. You too, Christian. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to